This is a Dreamcast disc and is for use only on a Dreamcast unit. Playing this disc on a hi-fi or other audio equipment can cause serious damage to its speakers. Dreamcast, up to six billion players. Welcome back Why don't we play together? Hey, 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 it's time to make some crazy money. Are you ready? Here we go! Please stop this disc now. Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Dream Pod by Dreamcast Junkyard. My name's Andrew, and joining me today for a very newsy episode is Tom. Hello, Tom. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing? All right? Good. Yes, I'm all right. Thank you. Um, Also joining is Lewis. Hello there, Lewis. Hello, Andrew. Hello. And uh, last but not least, (laughs) as ever, it is James. Last as always. Last (laughs) as always. always. Hello, everybody. Hello. Are we all doing all right? Yeah, I think so. Feels a bit weird not being the host, but uh, I'm happy to uh, stand beside every now and then. So I mean, you uh, can yeah. take over if you want. I'll just sit. I'll just sit. No, back. no, no, no. Yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just listen and make notes. It's uh, no, it's fine. Uh, so, um, welcome uh, again to another news episode. There's a lot of news actually to cover today, um, so we're going to get into it pretty quickly. But first. I thought that it might be a good idea to ask a question, um, and I'm not doing our usual, what have we been playing? I'm doing one of my, as Lewis puts it, spicy questions. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I thought, uh, I thought, what, what can I do? I, we've done Pot Noodle, uh, we've done lots of other questions, so I just figured the best thing is, let's expose everybody's taste in music here, and I want you all to tell me what the last song that you listened to was. We start with you, Lewis? Oh, okay, hold on. I'm going to look on my phone and see what I listened to last. Uh, okay. The last song I listened to was Claws by Charlie XCX. That was the last song I listened to. Yeah. I uh, kind of got into her recently. I found her music to be pretty good. So, yeah. There you go. Interesting. It's uh, kind of, it, it's not kind of a, a music, I guess. If someone met me, they'd be like, oh, I didn't know you realised you'd like Charlie XCX, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. It's something interesting and different. Um, James, what about you? What was the last song you listened to? The last song I listened to is one of my favourites, actually. It's a song called Gloria, and it is sung by the a band called The Midnight, who are a 80s sort of themed electronica style band um off the ra- off the radar pick but um yeah very very good song excellent so i'm surprised it wasn't a uh spirit of speed soundtrack number but there you go no that's that's my like i put that on when i go to bed like it's my um my background noise to sleep to <laughs> on loop. of course of course um tom what about you what was the last song you listened to yeah, I've, I've cheated as well. I've just gone and looked at my Apple Music um, history and looked at the last thing that I played uh, with, you know, with intent. And it appears to have been Big Casino by Jimmy Eat World. Oh, what a tune. So, um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of Jimmy Eat World in my, uh, my recently played. Because I like See, that's what I'd have thought. Enough. That's what I think when I think Lewis as well. So the, the Charlie the XCX thing really threw me. I was <laughs> Jimmy Eat World or something. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, come on, watch yours. 
Oh, okay. Um, so I've, I've listened to literally one song all day today because I, I do this thing where I discover a song that I really like and then I just play it on repeat for how long, however long I can get away with. And because my partner is at work at the moment, I can get away with it for however long, however long I want because there's nobody here to annoy. <laughs> so I've been playing um, Don't Go Yet by Camilla Cabello okay. pretty much for several hours straight. So, yeah. I am the same as that, Andrew, and mm-hmm. my partner Lucy does a head in. So I do the same when she's <laughs> like, a, when she's like, today she's like out with friends. It's like, you're just going to blast the same tune over and over again. Cause I'm that kind of listener. I just you play it over and over again until I hate it. So. <laughs> yeah yeah and then it just becomes it becomes part of your playlist and then it'll come up every now and again and then it's fine but yeah yeah i will probably probably play this for the next week just over and over again it's just i'm obsessed with it it's like a proper like latin in, inspired song it's very very cool so yeah anyway there we go we've uh we've exposed our musical tastes to some degree uh <laughs> and uh let's move on to i guess dreamcast is that's what we're here for i suppose isn't it i think is it? Pretty sure. Well, yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's not. It's not the. It's not the Jaguar junkyard. No, wrong podcast. Well, I mean, Jaguar's got a lot going on at the moment, hasn't it? It's had some new uh, emulators come out. You know, Jaguar CDs back on the uh, back on the agenda. Back on the agenda. What agenda was it ever on? <laughs> what what agenda was Jaguar CD ever on? <laughs> this one here on my desk that I've been writing for the last 40 years <laughs> Jesus is it is it a list of the worst video game console add-ons ever made Tom is that way way no it's a, it's a list of people with no taste in gaming and every page is just a picture of you <laughs> rude alright before there's a fight let's, uh, let's move on to uh to what we are here for and it is it is dreamcast and i think the first piece of news is actually a, a double header there have been new games uh announced in dreamcast ip sega ip that haven't hasn't been kind of seen for quite some time the first one uh, came at the nintendo direct uh in february uh, which is the month that we're currently in and that was samba de amigo party central which is coming out of the Nintendo Switch. So that is a brand new game in the Samba de Amigo franchise. Of course, I think up until now, we've only had remakes or um, kind of ports of the original Dreamcast version. We had the one to Wii. So this is a, a brand new game. And um, we also have Sea Smash VRS, uh, which is coming out for PlayStation VR 2. And that is a sequel of sorts, kind of, to Cosmic Smash, uh, which was, of course, a Naomi release and then got ported to the Dreamcast only in Japan. Uh, which is a virtual kind of uh, weird squash game, I would say, kind of breakout meets yeah. squash yeah. meets res, even though it came out before res. Um, so yeah, there's those two new games coming out. And just to mention that C Smash VRS is by a studio, a studio called Rapid Eye Movers, which is headed up by Jörg Tittel, who we have had on the Dream Pod before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is his new game, which is very exciting. Um what are our thoughts about these two new games in Dreamcast IP? Um, I yeah, uh, Somebody Amigo is um, it's, it's obviously it's been it's a one that's been released on other systems since the Dreamcast. Um, seems mm. to go down quite well as a, as a sort of a party game, um, quite sort of inoffensive and good fun, uh, especially with the uh, the old maracas. Um, I know it was on the Wii as well, wasn't it? Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Samba de Migo. Um, C Smash VRS. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wrote an article on the Dreamcast Junkyard blog recently, which I, I was a bit kind of negative. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm not a big, I'm not a huge fan of Cosmic Smash. Uh, I just find it quite, I find it very repetitive after a while. It's very stylish and looks amazing. That said, um, could be great in, in VR, especially, you know, two player, you know, like more of a virtual tennis type. So sort of hitting the hitting the ball back and forth between each other, maybe with some blocks in the in the way. I don't know how it's going to work, but yeah, looks looks cool. And obviously, the the play, PlayStation VR two is the is the hot the hot piece of hardware at the moment, isn't it? It's like I mean, the, the yeah. PSVR one was was superb. Um, so any improvement on that? It's just the only sticking point for me is the price. Um, I think that's going to keep a lot of people away. But um, as a product and the game, uh, yeah, brilliant. Can't can't see any any issues. Yeah, Samba looks really good. Um, it's not my cup of tea. It's not something I'd sort of stand up and play, but um, apparently people play Wheel of Fortune on N64 when they're with groups of people these days. So, you know, it's, uh, I'm, sure they, I'm sure there's a party audience there um, to, play, uh, to play that. Wheel of Fortune on N64 is amazing. It's amazing. I'm going to put another... There's another page one in my dossier with your picture on it. <laughs> Just say, the guy who's like, you know, playing down Cosmic Smash here is the guy who's just like literally been spending a few minutes before we started this podcast telling us how good uh, Wheel of Fortune on N64 was. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, uh, Sam D'Amelio looks looks pretty good. Like I said, it's not my cup of tea. I, I, not, not a game I get, but the um, the actual gameplay looked quite fun. I can imagine it being a good laugh with a few people. Um, I'm kind of with Tom on the whole VR thing, to be honest. it's um, I bought a PSVR, the first one, um, I think it spent more time uh, in the box than it did being used, and I'm pretty indifferent about the new VR. So I think, um, yeah, that one doesn't excite me. It's always nice to see these sorts of IPs get um, get some treatment in in VR, but um, I don't know. I, I it was I'm always sad when games like that come out because it's like I just want to play it on a normal PS5. I don't. Mm. I, I want to have the option to be able to play it, um, you know, uh, without investing. Or remortgage it and to be able to afford an add-on for a co- for a console that already yeah. costs the same price as like a two-bedroom flat, you know. So, so yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's mad how how it's like a hundred pound, pretty much a hundred pound more expensive than the console it's it's meant to attach to the uh, the VR two. But yeah. um, I mean, I am hoping, I'm hoping beyond hope that um, C Smash VRS is much better than Space Channel Five VR. Um, whatever that was subtitled as was. Uh, Lewis, any any thoughts on these particular games? Yeah, so um, Somebody Amigo, um, similar to the other guys, not not really for me as far as a game, but I appreciate that it's being relaunched. A lot of people didn't like the uh, new look of Samba. He's kind of looks a little bit more... I don't know what you what you say. He's kind of got like flares on or something. He looks kind of a little bit more hip and like modern. Um, so people kind of didn't like that. But I kind of like that they've sort of switched it up a little. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. And then C Smash VRS. Um, I think at first I was a little bit grumpy about it because it has. This isn't any issue with the game or the developers or anything. That's more of a Sega thing. And that's been there's been a few sort of like relaunches of like Dreamcast IP. So you had Space Channel Five, and um, we had the Choo Choo Rocket Universe, which was like Apple Arcade subscription on an iPhone. And it's like just be you know stop like re- like teasing us with these like resurrections mm. of IPs, and then it's like on a you know on something like the PlayStation Two uh, 
you know vr2 which is like obviously quite expensive that's a really good point lewis they've got all these great ips and they're just they're, they're gatekeeping them to such small audiences such niche audiences when they do things like this and it's like you know you've just proven with the release of sonic frontiers that there is still a mass market appeal for for your ip and it's like why why make it so that only you know a few a few hundred thousand or or so people can actually play this game you know yeah um although though i had a kind of a, a think about it though because obviously for me i could just play cosmic smash on my dreamcast and i think when i saw that this um new version of it is more of like a reimagining and it kind of looks a little bit more like it's designed for vr rather than it being a you know like res where you could play like the normal res stages but through vr um mm-hmm. so i think because it's like a new idea with this um ip i think that's sort of redeemed it a little bit more whereas if it was just cosmic smash and you can only play it on vr like i'd be like oh like just just have a version for people like res infinite did where you could just play it on your console but like i think it i think it looks really cool it's obviously um kind of going for that maybe go for that crowd for you know people who enjoy stuff like super hot with that very stylized look obviously i know this came first but like you know if people enjoyed super hot they might like this because it's obviously kind of similar aesthetic and obviously it's a very kind of aesthetic game you know cool looking game so yeah did that did that um choose your rocket game ever come out on anything else or was it just locked to apple arcade it's not even locked to apple arcade it doesn't exist anymore they got rid of was it, it gone? yeah oh, yes and they've not brought it back anywhere else and it's yeah it's how bizarre i know yeah i still feel like we need to start some kind of petition as the dreamcast junkyard to bring that back i mean even if they just release it as a paid for version for buying out loud like it's it was pretty cool. It was a it was a it was a good enough puzzle game with the Choo Choo Rocket universe. So I don't know why they just got rid of it completely. I tried playing it on my uh, the Mac, MacBook Pro, the one pre one that I had previous to one I've got now, and it really it really chugged. Do you know what I mean? Even though it was oh. quite mm. a well specced machine, it was okay on the my iPhone. It was really annoying because I like got a there was like a, a free offer for Apple Arcade, which like mm. three months for free. Which I, Apple Arcade is definitely not worth paying for, so I was like, "I'll do that and then just cancel." And <laughs> my idea was to like play this game through, write up a, a piece on the junkyard for it, and like halfway through, like the first month, they took it off Apple Arcade, and my icon stopped working on my phone, and it's like, this sucks. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 and that, that sounds like the article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should have just put it out there like two paragraphs. Yeah, no ending, just like finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess there's there's hope with stuff like this because with with uh, uh, Cosmic Smash because things like like you said, Res Infinite and also Tetris Effect that originally came out as a, a VR only experience and now that's become Tetris Effect Connected, uh, mm-hmm. which you can play away from VR. So fingers crossed, maybe if it does well enough or if the developers think there's uh, enough reason to they will uh they'll kind of give it the non-vr treatment as well mm. but i'd imagine because it's so close to the launch of the vr2 that they're announcing it they probably just want to be you know making sure that it's hitting that that particular market at the yeah. moment so from, from the gameplay footage it does look a little bit like you kind of want to play it in vr rather than playing sort of a half version on a con you know on just just normal console so yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure it'll be really cool 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in the meantime, let's uh, let's hope that Jet Set Radio doesn't come out for the play date or something like that. So it's the next uh, <laughs> yeah. gatekeeping Sega move. <laughs> we will see. Um, all right, so let's move on to something else here, which I'm pretty sure Lewis will be all over, which is the Kenji Eno documentary uh, that's been confirmed from um, Ar- Archipel. Archipel. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Kenji Eno, for those who don't know, is kind of a like, he was a maverick video game developer um, who founded Warp Studios and he was very multi-talented, you know, he, he developed, he, he wrote the stories of his games, he, he composed the music and he's most known for D, Enemy Zero and in the case of the Dreamcast, D2. Um, and you know, he through his games, he kind of pushed the boundaries of like what would you'd call a video game. So, um, yeah, but unfortunately, he passed away um, on February the twentieth, twenty thirteen. So, we're actually coming up to the tenth anniversary since uh, of his passing, basically. So, uh, Archpel, who is a is a, a a YouTube channel documentary making group who I've never heard of before, but as soon as I saw this, I checked out their YouTube channel and there's like incredible stuff on there, like really interesting stuff about Japanese, um, you know, video game, uh, like people from the video game industry in Japan. And like, there's a whole documentary on the guy who uh, did the, the Daytona voice and, you know, it's really interesting. So I recommend people check out their channel and we'll put it in the show notes. But um, yeah, so but they're doing a, a documentary on Kenji Ino, um, and they've basically got a load of testimonials from other people, um, like in the industry and whatnot. So I think it'd be a really interesting documentary and highly produced if it's any, if their other content is anything to go by. Yeah, it does look really interesting as somebody who's kind of aware of Kenji Ino and his, his sort of his, his legacy and the amazing work he did as. You know, as as Lewis just mentioned there on games like D D two, uh, there was the Real Sounds Winds of Regret that he did as well, which was a game for blind people. Oh yeah, um, and it's just this. I hope this doesn't come across as sounding like really kind of melodramatic, but just reading up on on him and his his life's work, like he was only a year older when he died than I am now, and it mm. kind of puts in perspective that you never know when you know that you know the ride's going to end. Do you know what I mean? And he had so much more to give to the gaming yeah. world. I think. And then to die so young, it's just a, a massive like loss to gaming. I often wonder, you know, yeah. I wonder what he could have produced if he, you know, if he continued to live a, you know, a, a life essentially. Um, and you know, what, what could he have gone on to produce, you know, with with modern technology as it as it exists? He did return to video games after D two, but he kind of like I, th- I I don't know if there was some kind of. I mean, I guess we'd find out in the documentary. It seems like he kind of got a little bit dis- disillusioned with it, and so he kind of like went away mm-hmm. for a while. And he did develop a few sort of smaller, kind of more indie games. But I think D two is like the last that we ever saw of his, I suppose, a, a bigger budget video game by him, like with yeah. such large scope. And I, it's a shame, like we never will never get to see what he could have done, like you know, in modern gen or something like that. Like it would have been quite interesting to see. Um, especially with like games like uh, you know Deadly Premonition and you know Death Stranding, like these games that are like really weird and kind of super genius minds that are creating them. I think he would have fit right in with that kind of lot, 
bunch of people, I guess. Yeah, definitely. As an aside, I'm still completely convinced that D2 was the first ever Dreamcast game to be shown. Um, and I'm waiting for someone to prove me other prove me wrong on that. Um, I'm still convinced D2 was the first like commercial Dreamcast game to be actually shown off. Is that because of its like origins on the on the on the M2 or mm, or yeah. just because it was literally the first thing to be shown? Yeah, I think they would have been working on it, um, and it was like for some random reason I just remember it being shown as the first game back in the day, and I've I've yet to find anything that suggests otherwise. And then it got delayed quite though, didn't it? Yeah, massively. Yeah. Cool. We'll have to kind of catch that, but hopefully by the time this is out, the documentary will be out. So I'm sure if we uh, if it is, then we'll pop the link to it in the show notes. So give it a watch. I'm sure all of us will, uh, and uh, maybe we'll give our thoughts on it in a future a future podcast. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, so the next bit of news then is another new Dreamcast game uh, that's coming to Kickstarter, and. I think, Tom, um, you may be able to elaborate on this one a bit more because I'm not quite sure about it. Uh, but all I do know is that uh, the Wave are going to be involved in this. Is that correct? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So uh, this game is called Harley Quest, and it's uh, it's not actually on Kickstarter yet. The Kickstarter's coming in April, I believe. Um, but basically, the story behind this game is quite interesting. So um, back in 2017, at a game jam up in Scotland, I think it was in Dundee, um, uh, two guys um, whose names, one of whom's names will be quite familiar to you if you're in, interested in the, in the uh, Dreamcast scene. Uh, Alistair Lowe of Low Tech Games and uh, Ross Kilgariff um, basically teamed up to enter a game into this game jam in 2017. And that game became a demo uh, called Dungeon Ross. And I remember back in, again, back in 2017, I, I was made aware of this through, I think it was through like the Facebook group or something like that. Um, so I did a, I did an article on it on the Dreamcast Junkyard blog, and uh, Ross sent me a a version of the game, just like a demo. It was only it was something they created in like a day, essentially, and it was just a sort of top down three D, um, not hack and slash, but you basically play as Ross in a dungeon, hence the name Dungeon Ross, and you walk around and you like slap zombies and kill them, and they just disappear, and then you just wander around and go from room to room. And there's not much to it because obviously it was created in a day for a game jam. Um, but then obviously this grew legs and, you know, fast forward to 2023 and Ross has obviously been working away behind the scenes on this game and has now announced that it will be coming to Kickstarter and the game is going to be called Harley Quest. And yeah, it's a sort of a, a rogue light, top-down, 3D polygonal uh, dungeon crawler for the Dreamcast. And yeah, as you alluded to there, Andrew, uh, Wave Game Studios has uh, has stepped in to say they will publish it uh, even when it gets fully funded and completed. So yeah, another new game on the horizon, and it's it's always nice to to see these things sort of start, you know, in their embryonic stage, and then see them kind of develop over over the years to come out as a final product. You know, who knows in you know six months to a year's time, we could be chatting about Harley Quest and how great it is, and actually have a physical game in our hands, and then being able to look back and say, you know, oh yeah, I remember that when it was just a game jam demo, like in two thousand seventeen. It's just yeah, it's quite a nice sort of ending to the story, really. I think. If it ends nicely, that is. <laughs> it looks really, really good as well. I remember seeing the original, one of the original videos of this. Um, must have been last year, sometime when I, I forget um, when it got sort of released on YouTube. But um, this is exactly what I look for in like a, 
you know, an indie game, something that like looks like it could have been a contemporary release back on the Dreamcast back in the day, like that 3D cartoony environment type aesthetic to it. And it just, it looks really, really good. So um, I'm going to be back in this one for sure, especially um, especially with Wave involved as well. Yeah, I like the way it's got, it's almost got a sort of, uh, it gives me like N64 box art yeah. vibes. Do you know what I mean? Like Tonic yeah, yeah. Trouble, that kind of stuff. It's like quite fun, quite sort of um, cartoony. I, I just like that kind of fun vibe that it's got to it. And what was that N64 game as well? Um... Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it wasn't it wasn't it was playstation uh medieval that's what i was thinking of it's yeah. got a medieval oh, yeah, yeah. type mm. vibe to it yeah i was thinking uh pandemonium mm. as well oh, yeah, pandemonium. Pandemonium. what a great mm. game that was i guess it's because of the sort of harlequin uh like jester mm. kind of theme i suppose but um i do love the yeah. stylized look of this one like the kind of cartoon yeah look it looks really good and uh ross has been very um like open sharing all like clips of the development on on twitter and uh yeah it's really fun to witness as it it goes along so yeah it's really cool it looks great i just really hope that the kickstarter is nicely focused on getting money to finish the game and not making people spend 300 pound on limited edition versions with a harley quest t-shirt and other junk that I'll never PS4 used. version, yeah, PS4 version, mm. Jag- Jaguar CD version. <laughs> That'd be the best version. <laughs> Just let us fund the game. Let us fund the game. Absolutely, yeah, very true, very true. Um, yeah, looks good. So we'll, I'm sure, we'll keep you updated, and uh, I'm, I'm very sure there'll be an article of some kind when it goes live on Kickstarter. So keep an eye out and. Uh, yeah, and uh, we'll let you know, and uh, let, let's get it funded. Uh, okay, uh, next thing to talk about is, I'm guessing, something that Lewis uh, will know a lot about because it's translation-related, and Lewis is now our resident translation expert, being that he is actually helping to translate uh, a Dreamcast game. And um, this is the news that Shirin the Wonder Gaiden Asuka Kenzan is getting an English translation uh, demo. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, Um so I'd never heard of this game, um, and I've had that a few times recently with these like sort of random games getting uh, translated. But actually, from writing this and sort of hearing people tweet about it afterwards, it seems like this particular franchise is is quite beloved. So, Shiren the Wanderer is like a roguelike RPG series. This is kind of a spin-off that came out on the Dreamcast and. Um, it's part of like it's like a sub series of a franchise called Mystery Dungeon, and the probably the most familiar thing that anyone knows about in the West with Mystery Dungeon is the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. There's quite a few of those games, and they were quite popular. Yeah, um, yeah it, I, I tried to explain all this in my article, and it like became like two paragraphs, so I like condensed it right down because it's like this really long standing series of all this like spin-offs and whatever so but yeah so a um a translator called shark snack that is their online alias um has translated this partially <laughs> i love the way you clarified that was their online alias rather than their full name <laughs> mr shark snack <laughs> yeah um <laughs> But yeah, so they they translated this, and it's um, although you know it's a demo, but it's um, one that actually allows you to play through um, the game's first region 
because um, there's multiple. And if you're not like familiar with these kind of games, you're probably going to be spending maybe like six hours, maybe more, um, six maybe to ten hours playing this. So that's a lot of content to play, despite it being a, a partial translation. Um, so yeah, it's definitely worth trying. And it's one of those games where it's like, give it a try. That's the beauty of translations, I guess, is that like, like I said, I didn't know about this game and now I do because someone's made it accessible to English speakers. So, um, yeah, give it a try. Um, I, 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 I have an article I'll link in the show notes where I, I spoke to Shark Snack about like their inspirations for doing this and like, yeah, it was very interesting to kind of dig deeper on this topic. So yeah, check that out. It's great to see all these English translations. It really is. I think, um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the especially, again, I always talk about the nostalgic side of, of all this as to why we do what we do. But, you know, you think back to when when we were younger, the um, obviously importing games was like this this huge thing because games back then used to come out, you know, either months and months and months before they did over here or indeed you get like, you know, a huge portion of games that were that, that came out in Japan never actually found their way over, and, and for most of us, it kind of felt like it was um, uh, it was this forgotten world of Dreamcast games or any console games. Mm. But I always remember, like you know, you'd think, well, it's pointless me importing this as much as I want to play it because I can't try and you know I can't read and understand what's going on. And it's a, it would be a bit different in today's world with like you know it's not ideal, but you can quite happily use Google Translate on your phone or something nowadays if you play in a an imported game and and mm-hmm. you know especially for an RPG or something. Um, but yeah, it, it was always kind of this this world that was. Um, completely inaccessible and just to see more and more of these games um you know get translated give us an opportunity to try them is uh is, is brilliant and and yeah glad to see that there's been a steady stream of new games coming out um for us to try yeah i think for i think for us as well like as english speakers we're getting these and then we're getting you know like a game like harlequest so it feels almost like we're getting new releases in yeah. kind of a way so that's really cool awesome yeah long may it continue there's plenty more japanese games to translate out there and uh still waiting on sega gaga and uh sakura wars of course but uh one day one day we'll one get day. those yeah um yeah all right uh talking about uh kind of weird novelties uh we do have a prototype of dd planet which was of course uh the what, what should have been the sequel to choo choo rocket uh, and the PC Wizard originally released um, one of the prototypes, I believe. But that now there's been one that's dated ten weeks after the one that PC Wizard released. Is that right, Lewis? Yeah. So un- under the cover of darkness, a person approached me in my Discord DM and was like, <laughs> "Was like, Lewis, I have this. You know, do you want to like, you know, r- report about it on the blog?" And we did. So. This person isn't actually a seat that secret. They're called Banana Break. Is that their real name, Lewis, or is that an alias? Yes. Banana <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Is it an is it an alias of Snack Snack Tack or Snack Shack? <laughs> <laughs> snack Sir Banana Break Esquire or whatever. Yeah. Um, they so they have released loads of different prototypes before on um, Hidden Palace. And you can download a lot of them on there. Um, and this one, they purchased from 
a collector who had received it previously from someone who worked at Sega Europe. I believe like the online play part of Sega Europe. So the reason why this game was cancelled, DD Planet, was because of a bug prevented them from getting it online. And it People have speculated that this may have been an attempt to fix that bug, and but from the looks of it, it doesn't seem to be all that different. But it's it's less a thing that you're going to download and put on your GDMU because you could just get the other one, which is pretty much the same, and they've patched it to play online. This is more of a a an interesting next step in this saga of dd planet i guess just makes you wonder like what's out there doesn't it when and the more of these things come up even if the actual release as you say in this instance isn't much different to the one we've already got but it just makes you wonder like we're still finding these these prototype discs you know 20 plus years on since uh since when they were uh, since when the dreamcast was out and it just makes you wonder like how long before something else gets found that we no one knew about and everything because the dd um story is just a great one anyway the fact that it's obviously online for the first time now is is yeah. uh is a huge credit to obviously to pc and and shuiyuma and the rest of the of the online community but just to be able to play these games online as they were originally intended you know like this one and along with internet game pack now that's two games that never actually ever online until now you know they've been put online because they um they never actually got released back in the day so great to see these things pop up um in the in the sense of preservation and um yeah whenever i see him it always just makes me think what's on the next orange disc that uh that might pop up somewhere i think what's also quite intriguing is the fact that the almost like the and i don't mean this in a derogatory way but the the sort of the bedroom coders of today are actually doing what sega itself couldn't do then if this game wasn't released because of a bug that stopped it from communicating with dreamcast you know in different um, areas of the world that how come people who were not actually you know working for sega actually managed to do it now do you know what i mean so that's especially interesting as well as sort of a like nice little aside yeah i i expect back then it was a case of um you know let's just Let's, do we want to invest? How much more time do we want to invest in something that's not actually mm. going to give us, uh, uh, you know, a huge return at this point? But yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, without getting off topic too much, just understanding how these servers get reverse engineered is just absolutely fascinating. It really is, and it's it is nothing short of you know witchcraft. It's um, it's just insanely um, complex, and the fact that it's just. It's just ninety nine percent of the time you're banging your head against a brick wall until you find something, and it's just I've got so much credit for for the guys um, who've been involved in getting all these games back online, and um, you know the the Dreamcast online community and availability is just thriving at the moment. So um, yeah, really good. All right. Well, um, speaking of prototypes, uh, there was another one that's been released recently, which was Worms Pinball. Um, Am I right, Lewis? Am I right? Is this is this a game that hasn't been released on the Dreamcast? It was. I, I know that it was released elsewhere. So this is a prototype of the Dreamcast, but yeah. it never got released for the Dreamcast. Right. PlayStation and PC, I think. Yeah. Ah, okay. But yeah, it's uh, Worms and it's Pinball, um, and also it has a really lazy cover for some reason. It's just like 
uh, Worms Armageddon, but it says Pinball. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> have you ever seen that? But yeah, yeah. Have, have any of you guys had a chance to play this? I've not myself. Not on Dreamcast. I have. I have played it on PlayStation before. Um, it's as you say. It's it's. If you like pinball games, you'll like it. If you don't like pinball games, you won't. There's no like. It's not like Sonic Spinball is to you know taking a, a Sonic um, take on pinball. It's not like that with Worms. It's literally just a Worms themed pinball table. Um, perfectly good game though. It's just a you know prime example of at the time the Worms IP was a pretty uh, a pretty big one, especially for Team Seventeen. It was all they seemed to produce. Um so it was I, I suspect it was just more of a cash in type title they wanted to uh, to get out there. Um but yeah the game is completely fine on PlayStation. As I say I've not had a chance to play it on Dreamcast yet. I will definitely uh, chuck it on my GDMU at some point. Um do we know? Do we know how how much of it is available to play? Is it the prototype, or is it is it the full game, or do we know? I, two tables. Two tables. Yeah. Um, okay. The, so I believe I, I can't remember how many tables were in the original. Were in the PlayStation one. Um, I don't think there was that many more. Um, but yeah, I think for all intents and purposes, it's it's you know it's pretty um it's pretty much a f- uh, sort of done deal on the on the dreamcast version um but yeah it's definitely worth worth checking out it's like everything it's nice to see these things um you know preserved again especially games that didn't actually end up coming out on on the dreamcast as as we know of, of which there were there were many of them unfortunately um so any any opportunity that you get to be able to play one of these games that didn't actually make it is um you know is a is an opportunity you can uh, you can take up yeah i think that i, I was reading like a, a sort of an interview with one of the the team 17 people and they were i think they were trying to update this to make it a little bit more modern on dreamcast like 3d animations and whatnot but i guess they didn't get that far um so yeah this is all that we have to show of it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Two tables, one worm themed, and one is World Rally Fever. It's called. Um, so <laughs> nothing to do with worms whatsoever. Um, but yes, the actual two tables themselves are basically complete um, with all the bonuses and everything, and obviously the game and the high score and everything works as it should. Um, and yeah, again, I, th- I suspect this comes down to just another one of those releases that was just not worth them actually putting the money and producing the amount of discs that they would have needed to have uh, produced to get a return on uh, on the investment that they put into it. So they just probably didn't bother um, didn't bother taking it any further. Although the one thing that did surprise me is that it was earlier than I thought. Like the the um, the PlayStation version, I think, came out in 1999, so it would have been right in the the launch window for Dreamcast. So it is maybe slightly surprising they didn't just throw it out there um, as part True. of the launch window, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. I guess if it was like 2001, you could kind of you, you could kind of say, yeah, fine, it's uh, it's been discontinued. There's absolutely no point in putting this game out now. But if it was, you know, a year or two before that, you know, the, the Dreamcast still had promise, as it were, back then. There was still decent sales. Yeah. And, but yeah, yeah, interesting. When it's um when it's a console launch window, you've always got a chance that things are just going to sell because you know people want people ultimately want games to play, don't they? They want stuff to play on their new console. I think the just as a bit of a side, the um the original game was actually called Addiction Pinball. 
Um, okay. And uh, that was then, um, so that was a Team 17 pinball game. Um, and then it was just rebranded as Worms Pinball on uh, on the PlayStation, which I just checked that did actually only include the two tables as well. So it is basically a complete complete version. Oh, okay. Huh. Interesting. That's pretty cool. It does all. It does also mean we have uh, one more Dreamcast pinball game, which I think we only have. What do we have? Uh, Pro Pro Pinball and uh, Neo Golden Logres or whatever it's called, and Sonic Adventure. Yeah, yeah. I do like a bit of pinball. You know, pinball games. I got. Um, you know, I do have a bit of do do quite enjoy spending a couple hours on a pinball game. Um, the last piece of news that we've got for you is is when I, I came across um, a few uh, probably a week or so ago. Um, it looks very very interesting, which is a three D printed AAA battery mod for the VMU uh, by a gentleman called Jeff Chen. Uh, so it's just what it it's just what it sounds like. It is a uh, it's like a little three D printed uh, thing that you slot your VMU into. Um, you, you kind of have to unscrew the uh, the battery pack uh, port from the back, and then you use that battery port to screw back in, so it's not lost, which is great. But you can use uh, AAA batteries uh, to power the the VMU, uh, which is which is great because you know longer battery life, being able to play it outside of the Dreamcast uh, for longer. It does work in the Dreamcast as well. I think he's he's done it so you can still slot the VMU in even with the pack on it, but. Uh, yeah, and, and even better, he's released the files, I believe, completely free of charge. So anybody with a 3D printer can go away and make this uh, with, with their 3D printed thing. You need a few contacts and things for the batteries to work, but they're all things you can buy pretty readily. Um, it's pretty cool news, right? I think these look awesome. I think this is a really, really cool thing. Yeah. Um you know, I think uh, we we discussed the the limitations of the VMU on this podcast many a time. But I think, you know, if you actually do want to use the VMU as a little handheld devicey job, um, even if you've got plenty of the standard batteries, which um, you know get which run through pretty quickly, is still a absolute pain to keep. Uh, uh, to keep keep replacing those, so you get I think four times the amount of. Uh, or the duration of battery life out of these. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. It looks pretty cool. I mean, obviously, the it's 3D printed, so it's not going to be, you know, it's nice and smooth and the best possible finish on it. But um, I think they look pretty cool. Um, and if it's from a practical standpoint anyway, I think it's, uh, I think it's, you know, it'll, it'll have a certain audience. But as you say, it's completely free if, uh, if you've got a 3D printer and want to just uh, print one off. Um and yeah, I'm all for it. I quite like the way it allows the VMU to stand up on display as well. I quite like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that. I also like the way that you can use it as a way to like wrap your cable around the, the end of it. Oh, it's stuck in the joy, the joypad. Yeah. Rather, yeah, than yeah. Like, yeah. rather than like wrapping it around the actual controller itself, which uh, a lot of people do do. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I, I'm just looking at the guy's Twitter now, uh, the guy's Twitter account, um, uh, Jeff Chen. And there's a couple of questions asking mm-hmm. about you know, does it improve the, the clock speed because it gives more power to the system, to the to the VMU? Um, it's actually, uh, I think it's Falco from Elysian Shadows who's asking the question uh, whether or not it, mm-hmm. it increases the, the performance of the VMU, which makes it faster than a Game Boy, if, if, if this is the case, which is actually a really uh, interesting sort of concept that the VMU is actually more more capable as a gaming system than the than the Game Boy <laughs> with, with this battery pack attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's kind of cropped off, but one of the images has it in a controller, and you can see that it juts out further than the vibration pack. And yeah, I think it just shows how beefy this attachment is. And hopefully it's not too heavy. That's the only thing I'd worry about if it would weigh your controller down a bit. Mm. But yeah, I, I do also yeah. quite like how the example is bright pink. Yeah, that did make me laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'd be quite cool if you did like a, a blue version for us uh, European uh, players. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, with this being a uh, a free thing that you can do, I'd, I'd imagine that somebody on Etsy at some point will start producing this themselves uh, to sell to people. For those of us who don't have 3D printers and, and aren't or don't have the time to start putting contacts in and, and working this out, I'm sure somebody will be able to actually sell finished and produced versions of, of this would be pretty cool to to see you can do them in all sorts of colors of course um all 99.9.999 percent of us that don't have 3d printers you mean <laughs> uh, yes exactly yeah exactly do you know does anybody here know anyone who's got a 3d printer Yes, uh, I do know. Uh, yeah, I know one person. Oh, well, I'll, sh- I'll shut up then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think three D printing is one of those things where, like, if you're the one who's kind of taking the time to invest in it, you get like really hype on it, and yeah. I feel like it's kind of like there's there's other things I could compare it to, like GoPros or well, I'm trying to think of other like v- VR is another one. Like, it's one of those things where if you've got it, everyone you know mm. has to know about it. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or a drone. A drone, yeah, that that that's another one, yeah. <laughs> they are super. Like, I imagine, I do genuinely ima- imagine though that if you had a three D printer, like it will change like the way you look at like little problems and stuff throughout your house. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if if you've got a drain that keeps blocking, you like might three D print a new like you know cover or grate or you know, I could just imagine little things like that would be completely different Definitely. if you had a three D printer. Yeah. I want to get one at some point, but you'd, you'd never like. You know, when you like you snap something off of something and it's plastic, and you're just like, "Oh, yeah. I'm never going to be able to fix that." Even with super glue or whatever, it's like with a 3D printer, you're just like, oh, "Just re- just reprint another one." You know, it's yeah. fine. You know, do you remember those ones that were like a pen, and it was meant to be like a sort of a you could draw? Yeah, my daughter got one of them for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're horrendous. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they really don't work. <laughs> oh dear! A lot of like stuff recently that's been coming out. Uh, through through the Dreamcast, it has been three D printed, I guess. So like, um, I think I had like a the a mod that you do on your Dreamcast to give it the, the is it the Noctua fan? Noctua, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the little sort of thing you have to put in to like allow it to your the Dreamcast's lid to work with that is three D printed, like mm. the insert. So yeah, yeah, lots of stuff like that. It's really PC Wizard does quite a bit as well, doesn't he? He's got the yeah. replacement lid covers as well. Um, that he three D oh, prints um, the VMU like holder, mm. and obviously if you've got a GDMU, most people use the um, where to replace where the um, the sort of the disk drive goes. Oh yeah, the thing. yeah. It's yeah. A nice little three D printed uh, sort of SD card holder that you can put in there, which is nice as well. Yeah. True. Yeah. Maybe get PC Wizard to speak to Jeff Chen and start producing yeah. these. Maybe. Yeah. Would be a great thing. Um, yeah, but uh, if you want to go and find out a bit more about this, if you want to go download the files, uh, Jeff Chen is uh, at Jeff Q Chen uh, on Twitter, uh, and he has a Ko-Fi as well. So if you want to download his files, but also want to give back to him for coming up with this in the first place, you can throw him a little bit of a little bit of cash for his work, um, which I'm sure he'd appreciate. 
I wanted to I wanted to make an adapt like a version of that that takes like you know the the C cell batteries like the big huge round ones like that you used to have in the <laughs> back in the night. I wanted to make something that takes the biggest possible battery that it can just for the just for the amusement. You drop your controller and the ground would shake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or a car battery. Yeah, yeah car, car battery. battery. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, if, if somebody wants to make that, then uh, then let us know at the Dreamcast Junkyard. I'm sure we'll cover BMU <laughs> powered from a car battery. I'm sure that's something we cover. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it news-wise. There's quite a lot, actually. So, new games, new little bits that we can uh, add to our Dreamcast to our VMUs, uh, new prototypes, all sorts of stuff going on, which is pretty good for only, what, a month and a half into the new year? So doing yeah. pretty well. It's already going to be a good year for Dreamcast. Dreamcast is alive. It is indeed. It is indeed. Um, and uh, I, I guess uh, just uh, just as a little uh, wrap up thing, um, the the book because I have written a book. You may not believe me because it's been so long. When? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, uh, Dreamcast Year Two is uh, is finally pretty much ready to print. Lewis and Tom both have sample copies. Uh, it's completed. It's done literally just needs a, another look over to make sure we've not missed any glaring um spelling mistakes or things like that or uh, any any visual things that need fixing uh, but within the next few weeks that should be off to print and uh, then i can actually start sending them out to people so yeah it's it's nearly done and you guys have seen it so it's uh, it's real right it's real i'm literally i'm holding it in my hands as we speak and i must say it's 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 very impressive um i i'm, I'm really looking forward to people being able to get this in their hands and sort of just read it because it's 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 brilliant you know yeah. even even as somebody saying that with a slight bias because you know obviously i wrote some of the stuff in it but um <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a it's a it's a true kind of Love letter, really, to the obviously the year two of the Dreamcast. So yeah, and it's really, like really double the size as well. Like I put it next to my my year one copy on the shelf, and it's like double the size. So yeah, you're in in for a lot of good content, and also the uh, the images and everything just looks sharp as heck. It's like really nice print as well. So yeah, and people can finally hear all the good things about Spirit of Speed. Finally, mm. yes. <laughs> what they've all been waiting for. <laughs> yeah, the revisionist history section. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's lots of cool things in there. Um, lots of awesome people who contributed. Uh, for instance, Brian uh, from the Sun Junkyard. Of course, our own Dreamcast Junkyard Retro Faith is in there. Uh, basically, every single person from the Dreamcast Junkyard has written at least something. Uh, which is fantastic, including the elusive Mark Williams, uh, Mister Maz Gaming himself, uh, is in there. So it's uh, it's been it's been really fun. I mean, it's taken a, a fucking long time. Pardon my language. You can bleep that if you wish to. It's taken a long time, but um, it's it's there, and it's just been such a pleasure to have kind of so many contributors, so many voices talking about the kind of their love of these these games on the Dreamcast and the Dreamcast itself. Uh, and just to see even the library at the back, the amount of games that came out in year two and the amount of like proper brilliant games. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's going to be out there finally. And, uh, and I can, I can just, you know, stop thinking about it for a little while because <laughs> it's been three years and I need to stop thinking about it. Um, yeah, 
it's pretty much done. So hooray! Uh, look forward to that in the in the coming months uh, as I get around to posting it. Um, and I will get the digital version out there as soon as we've finished fixing uh, the the printed sample. The digital version will go out to backers, so you should be able to see that pretty soon. At least year three won't take as much as long, Andrew, because it'll be like half the amount of content to put in it. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll come to year three another time. Sure, I need a break. I think I need a break <laughs> from this. But uh, I mean, we have discussed. You it sounded like just like Sega uh, now, mate. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I'll release it on the play date. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it for us here today. Um, nothing else to to really go over. So all that remains is uh, just have a bit of a wrap up and where we can find everybody, uh, Lewis. Where can we find you on the interwebs? Yeah, I am on Twitter, and my handle is at LewisJFC. So go follow me on there if you feel so inclined. Yes. Lovely. Yeah, absolutely do. Uh, James, where can we find you? Um, You can find me at a racetrack in the UK most weekends if you want to come say hello. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Agile Harvey. That's my alias, not my real name. Um, and obviously I will be uh, around the various Dreamcast junkyard socials and whatnot as well. Absolutely. Are you getting excited for F1 starting again in a couple of weeks' time? I'm getting excited to actually race myself again in a couple of weeks' time, to be honest, more than Formula One. But yes, motor racing season starts. To, in fact, breaking bit of news for you guys today, they've actually decided to make a real life race named after the famous Dreamcast game Daytona. So it's the uh, it's the Daytona 500 wow. today, um, which will be uh, yeah kicks off my uh, the, the racing season for reals today this evening. So that's why I couldn't record this podcast this evening, uh, in case you were wondering. So uh, yeah, thanks for accommodating my uh, my schedule. Yeah, you're welcome, I guess, I suppose. Um, we, we probably wouldn't have done it if we'd known that was the reason, James, but fine. Okay. <laughs> um, Tom, we can't find you online, really, can we, apart from occasionally at the uh, the Discord channel, but uh, is there anything else you want to say something yeah. instead of giving us your socials? I mean, you can find me on the internet at large, uh, mainly on PSN, because I've been playing uh, The Last of Us 2 has taken over my life over the last sort mm-hmm. of three or four weeks because it's just uh, just an amazing, amazing game. Um, and, yeah, you can find me on Discord occasionally. And, um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm around. Go on the blog, find my ramblings, my articles, leave me a comment. And, uh, yeah, I'll get back to you when I when I get this message. <laughs> don't, don't forget your, your YouTube videos, mate, about changing oil filters and air filters and everything oh, else. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I do like to, um, yeah, I do like to put my old video up about scraping rust off exhaust headers and, <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in videos about knackered old motorbikes, then, uh, yeah, find me on YouTube. Uh, it's just my name. Cheers. Uh, Tom, Tom did recently write a very good article about faster than speed for the Atomos wave, so check that out. Oh, yes. Very true. Okay. Um, you can find me at Oddmint84 on Twitter. Uh, you can find all of us at the DC Junkyard on Twitter, which is helmed by the wonderful Lewis and Mike. Uh, Mike, of course, still getting the A to Z guide done. I think there's new games coming, isn't there? So I think that's kind of pushed him back a little bit again, if I'm thinking rightly. Possibly. It's never coming out, is it? He's just, <laughs> just going to keep adding to he's it. Waiting. Just... He's waiting for the uh, the Kickstarter to go live for uh, 
Uh, what's it called for Harley Quest? Harley Quest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I guess we still have our Buy Me a Coffee as well, which I think is buymeacoffee.com forward slash DC Junkyard. I think that's the link. Um, so if you want to, that is it. So if you want to buy us a coffee or in our case, a VMU battery, um, which, you know, with this 3D printed thing could be AAA batteries now, which I think costs less. Yeah, we're upgrading. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, feel free to feel free to buy us a VMU battery if you want to um say thank you for you know for the work that everybody does here it helps us pay the bills uh because uh, the internet isn't free unfortunately it uh, costs a little bit of money to do these things here and there so feel free to to buy us a vmu battery we'll be back at some point in the future when we can all get together again and, and find something else to talk about uh, i think we're overdue for a for a themed episode of some description so i'm sure we'll have something like that coming in the near future uh until then though we'll uh we'll catch you later Playing us out today is a very special remix of our intro by the incredible Pizza Hotline. So please take a listen. disc on a hi-fi or other audio equipment can cause serious damage to its speakers. Please stop this disc now. 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 now.